In the 1970s, Stephanie Lynn Nix wrote a song which Rolling Stone later ranked as the 488th greatest song of all time, where she hauntingly sings, She is like a cat in the dark, and then she is the darkness. Double, double toil and trouble. Fire burn and cauldron bubble. By the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. Open locks, whoever knocks. Ah, it's Baba Yaga! Welcome to this spooktacular episode of Cracking Cryptids and Curios. This is once again Matt, joined by our resident chocolatarian, Angel. This man knows the chocolates inside and out. So Angel, I know your taste buds are about to pop in anticipation of this question. Why is Colombian chocolate the best chocolate? Because it, <laughs> there's a specific company there that envelops all of the chocolate with these little... Uh, collectible stickers with unique drawings and of nature which represent your soul so whichever one you get means that that's what you are i guess it predicts which person the chocolate's going to go to it's like a familiar <laughs> it's it's like the 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 golden ticket in, in uh you know in willy wonka yeah <laughs> yep dang so that's that's jet brand right that is correct sir so what do you say when people say uh jet is trash well, you know, I write them off and then and then I come back to them and then I, I, I tell them they're wrong and then I come back to them and they they're no longer, you know, around. I don't know what happens. They just disappear. Um, <laughs> they get consumed by the jet brand. They then become chocolates in the future. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I looked into this because it's a fun thing. So how many albums of their little stickers or pictures do you have? do i have um well i i do you have like a lifetime supply <laughs> i wish <laughs> i only collect a few that that i'm aware of i'm sure i'm missing uh different collections i had there's one that they had the longest uh the longest run of that had just a bunch of animals then they started changing it up and making it more modern and now i think currently they have it where it's like all the eco diversity in colombia it's like okay that's cool. Yeah, promote eco-diversity. Yeah. In the form of chocolate. <laughs> now, Pictures. here's a quick little test for you. Pick a number from 1 through 86. 82. And now pick a number from 1 through 6. 3. You are the Adonis flower. That's what the chocolate says. Damn. Yep. You know, even when I woke up this morning, I was like, I'm feeling like an Adonis flower today. <laughs> and so this really confirms that feeling. <laughs> yep. And the Adonis flower is venomous. Ooh, halfway <laughs> there to the uh, Mongolian deathworm. <laughs> One thing I did see online, because you are the chocolatarian, and I need your uh, input on this for Colombian chocolates. So is Tabito or Carlotto Chocolate the better brand? I've never even heard of those. That's how bad it is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Give me your chocolatarian card. <laughs> Apparently, there's like eight different uh, Colombian chocolate companies. So, yeah, I, mean, I stumped you. They're, they're all pretty, you know, <laughs> good. The same. 
not the one same. thing i one thing i did say was that or see was that uh the jet brand is trashed a lot but people <laughs> like it because of the pictures but it's trash it's trash chocolate trash chocolate oh those people are no longer um you know alive human beings <laughs> Well, I have my family size bag of Halloween candy at my side as we welcome the most terrifying month of the year, October. In honor of the spookiest 31 days of the year, we'll be looking at possibly our most horrifying entity yet, Baba Yaga. But before we go looking for this deadly babushka, let's take a look at some newsworthy items in this weird world of ours. So the first one comes from coasttocoastam.com, and it's related to the Sasquatch. And I wanted to uh, highlight this one because uh, we don't always talk about it, but whenever I'm looking at news articles in the, uh, for the week, there is usually at least one or two Sasquatch articles out there every single week. So this guy, he needs to, he needs to pull it back a little bit. He is getting his name out there way too much. So <laughs> by the time we come to Bigfoot, his detectability is going to be at least like a minus five i don't know <laughs> the worst detectability out there he's always in the news the article is titled viral sasquatch alert gets squashed it says officials in wisconsin were first to issue a statement squashing rumors circulating online that a sasquatch had been spotted in a state forest the odd turn of events reportedly began last week when an official looking bulletin which sported the wisconsin department of natural resources and u.s forest services logo uh, popped up on social media Billed as a Sasquatch alert and featuring an eye-catching drawing of the famed cryptid, the message cautioned residents about Bigfoot activity in the area. Specifically, the faux warning indicated that Sasquatch had been spotted lurking around Kettle Moraine State Forest, and officials were asking anyone who might see the legendary creature to contact rangers immediately. It also offered the sage advice that should one have a close encounter with Bigfoot, their best response would be to slowly walk away from the bipedal beast and, if possible, snap a photograph as well and document the time and location that the sighting took place. What are your thoughts on a, a fake Sasquatch alert going out that people, uh, I guess, truly believed it was from the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources and U.S. Forestry Service? Well, I think this is good news for Bigfoot because this isn't an actual sighting. This is just some prankster saying, hey. I guess it's a, a hoax. Yeah. A hoax of a hoax. So, in fact, Sasquatch still remains at large. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was somebody out there trying to run his name through the dirt. <laughs> how, how about the suggestion that if you encounter him, you know, walk away slowly and get a picture <laughs> just in case. So I mean, hopefully you have a nice or cheap uh, sport camera like that one dude way back if, during yeah, the skunk that's, episode. That's, that's the number one in your Bigfoot kit. If you're ready to spot and take pictures of Bigfoot, you got to make sure you have a cheap camera. Well, it's interesting, too, though, because the prominence of cell phones and uh, cameras on cell phones, I swear there's like less Sasquatch pictures now than there ever have been. But what, maybe that's just me. What, do you, what are you trying way. to get at, man? I don't know. <laughs> are you saying that people are were faking Bigfoot photos in the past? Not necessarily or, that. Or perhaps but... Bigfoot is onto the. Uh, he's not as much of a lot as we all thought he was, and yeah, he's aware he, of the the phone camera situation. He's aware of the frequencies. He's dialed in and, and knows when and, the cell phone is coming here. He's gotten only better at hiding. Oh gosh, this might change everything when we get to him. <laughs> Detectability. Yep. Maybe now at a, a only a one <laughs> from negative five. Mm -hmm. So, 
a fun little article saying Sasquatch was out there. Back away if you see him. The other article that we have is, it says, uh, security camera films small humanoids. And this is also from Coast to Coast AM. And we'll have a link on this on our website because there is a video depicting this. And it goes on to say that a strange piece of home security camera footage circling online appears to show a pair of bipedal humanoid creatures lurking in the driveway of a home in Texas. The curious video was reportedly filmed outside a residence in Dallas late last month and was posted to Reddit this week by the bewildered homeowner who was hoping that someone could identify the oddities. In the footage, the diminutive visitors can be seen seemingly scurrying around on two feet and at the end of a driveway before disappearing behind a car. Some observers online have suggested that the anomalous form could be a small humanoid creatures which exist in folklore of cultures around the world. Known as the Shineke in Mexico, a Tokoloshi in Zimbabwe, and a Pukwudgie among some Native American tribes, these mysterious dwarf-like beings exist in a realm somewhere between cryptozoology and the spirit world with many legends ascribing sinister motives to the entities. It goes on to say that skeptical side of it, some suggest it's just a CGI creation. I have another take on it, but I, I'd like to hear uh, if you have an opinion on this first, Angel. Well, I'll tell you this much. from my, In my neck of, mo- neck of the woods, these things are known as the Wendes. And uh, <laughs> yes, they are little people, and they're out to get you, so beware. Like snatch you in the night? Well, no, they're more like... Uh, pranksters okay but you know sometimes their pranks go awry and you know spread smallpox you know things like that (laughs) oh damn (laughs) that's not a prank at all (laughs) (laughs) i mean you know sometimes Mm -hmm. you're trying to trying to you know infect the small population and it just goes out of control like those darn Chinese, you know. I've been, I've been reading, I've been reading up on that Chasing Dragons book again, and I'm, I'm zoning into the details. I'm like, you know what? Maybe, maybe they're right. You're coming around just like Jay Michael. Get, in six episodes from now, you're going to be all in on the Chinese coming to uh, Mississippi River. I think that's going to be a, a trend you'll notice from me. Let's just accept all the theories coming my way. Yep, it takes about six weeks for you to completely change your tune from vehemently hating something to say, yeah, I like it. Yep. Yep. So as far as the security camera humanoids, what I think it is, I don't think it's the Pukwudgie or anything like that. I think it is two owls walking around on the ground. What? Because if you look at it, they they seem very small, upright. I think it's just two owls that the ring camera just could not focus on. They're moving pretty fast, scampering around, and they just go out of view. I think it's just a misidentification. Is it two owls or is it Mothmen? Two baby ones. (laughs) (laughs) Two baby Mothmen. He's (laughs) reproducing. Oh, no. This isn't going to be good in 20 years from now when they come of age. (laughs) Got to, you know, got to keep the, keep up the, the sightings. Yeah. Watch out, Texas. He's coming for you. (laughs) With his family. He's moving, moving the whole family, uprooting from West Virginia. Uh, stayed a little bit uh, in Illinois for a while in Chicago. Now he's going to Dallas, Texas. He's got to go where the work is, just like <laughs> everyone else. Yeah. Got to get his name out there. Got to got to change uh, his image, you know, a new PR campaign. There's word that there's a couple of people like bad mouthing him all the time. <laughs> These two dudes. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who they could be. So as far as that, I have one question for you. 
When I say the words deformed and ferocious looking old woman, what comes to mind, Angel? My right hand. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> don't know where to go from there. <laughs> no, I was going to say elaborate, but I don't know if I want you to. <laughs> well, what should come to mind is the Baba Yaga. This entity is a slight departure from the myriad of traditional cryptids that we have explored so far. So Baba Yaga is settled more in the realm of folklore than cryptozoology. However, it could be argued that many of these entities could have first started as just lore and then became something more when mysterious sightings are attributed to it. So this could be a, uh, a transformative moment for Baba Yaga from folklore to cryptid. We'll see how it turns out for her. So I would like to know, though, what are your initial thoughts on Baba Angel? Is she a figure you have heard much of prior to us researching it uh, and getting into it? It's hard to to quantify. I don't know if I'd say I've heard much of her, but I have heard of her. Um, mm -hmm. I'm familiar with the, the, the movement in pictures at an exhibition by uh, Muzorski, which um, features a part uh, about the Baba Yaga, but... I don't really know much. I didn't know much about her or what she mm -hmm. was about. Yeah, I think I'm on the same page. Certainly heard the name, know her brand, but not much beyond, you know, she's an old woman in the woods and does nefarious things when you go looking for her. Yeah. So let's set the stage here for this ancient hag, shall we? Baba Yaga is often described as being abnormally old, short, horrifyingly thin, with drooping skin, crooked teeth that are sometimes referred to as being made of metal, and a nose so long that's often described that it, it could hit the ceiling when she's sleeping on her back. And uh, she's also a cannibal, so there's that too. <laughs> One of the uh, main phrases in mytho mythology of Baba Yaga is bony leg. So this, some suggest, such as in the book Baba Yaga, the Wild Witch of the East in Russian fairy tales, may mean either that she is literally so old all that remains of that leg is bone as if flesh has just deteriorated off of it or she's depicted this way to show some sort of otherness in a time when the peoples who first told of her valued plumpness in the body types uh, is what the author argues what do you think of our withering old hag angels that's you know sort of run into what you knew of her before yeah I, I got the impression that she was some kind of witch some ugly mm -hmm. old crone i like the metal teeth like she has eaten so many children her teeth have fallen out and she had to replace them with <laughs> she's gone bionicle that's, that's like uh what's his name jaws in the james yep. bond <laughs> he ate a lot of kids apparently i heard <laughs> that's why i got her that's how he metal got teeth. Teeth. <laughs> word on the street is baba yaga has a few whiskers on that chin so let's jump right on in it and take care of that, shall we? Cotton Eye Joe's razor, the axiom that states, if one must come from somewhere, one must therefore go somewhere. So where exactly did Baba Yaga come from? Baba Yaga is a witch who first appeared in Russian and East Slavic folk tales centuries ago. The first written recording could be by author Mikhail Lomonosov in his book Rasiskaya Grammatica from 1755. In the notes for the book, he refers to the figure Ayaga Baba twice, once among figures of Russian folklore and superstitions, and again comparing Roman deities to Russian and Slavic figures. So it's, it gets kind of interesting because there are comparisons between Perun, the Slavic thunder god, and Jupiter, the Roman thunder god, Tsar Morskoi, the sea king, and then of Neptune, 
And then it goes into Yaga Baba, who appears on the list with no corresponding figure, which a lot of historians would suggest that is her uniqueness. She has no other counterpart in other cultures. So I thought that was kind of neat that way back in 1755, he's already comparing it to other figures in uh, culture, and he could find no other figure. What do you think about that? Well, if he couldn't find any other figure, it must have must have originated from the aliens. Oh, shit. <laughs> they brought the pyramids, and then they said, here's a little lady we want you to meet, and they just dropped her off. Yep. Like, We're tired of her. You can have her. <laughs> she's old and cankerous. Exactly. That's why she's so unique. She's like spring Jack, you know? <laughs> that alien that jumps around and breathes fire, <laughs> as one of the theories suggested. Yeah. As I looked into it more, the origins of the name itself are wildly speculative, and we could honestly do an entire show just on the etymology of it. The most widely accepted scholarly origins, though, which suggest that Baba means grandmother, while Yaga is a bit more obscure, with no consensus on the meaning at all. Some explanations, though, could be the word means horror or shudder in Serbian and Croatian, anger in Slovenian, witch in Old Czech, wicked wood nymph in modern Czech, witch and fury in Polish, and serpent or snake in Sanskrit. So some scholars suggest that the Baba portion of the name was given to the entity to instill a sense of understanding to the unfamiliar word Yaga. So it's sort of representations of the character the words are also interchangeable. So she can also be known as Baba Yaga or Yaga Baba. Yeah, I've encountered that in one of the stories mm-hmm. that I've read. And it's, I think it's neat, too, that there's like so many different, uh, you know, words that could be attributed to her. Witch, snake, horror, anger, like even just like base emotions can be attributed to her name. But then also, you know, like actual lifestyles such as witch yeah. or animals such as serpent or snake. So she's all over the place which might indicate as we go on, maybe a little bit more of her powers. A very interesting thing that I saw, Angel, was that over the years, pronouns seem to have been quite troublesome for Baba. So there's this idea that Baba Yaga is not a proper name for the entity. So in fact, some scholars believe that it should be referred to simply as the Baba Yaga. And things changed over time with putting the entity into written word over an oral tradition so as the name was written it got capitalized to reflect a you know proper pronoun furthermore there is not necessarily a singular baba yaga so sometimes she's referred to as a trio of women normally sisters or conversely as a singular woman and so the wildly ambiguous representations of the figure might just suggest that each baba exists for various reasons What's, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think that there's multiple ones throughout history or throughout storytelling? Or are you a traditionalist and you're like, damn, there is only one single I'm actually yaga. glad you brought this up because I, I do like the idea that the Baba Yaga is like multiple things. Because in that sense, mm-hmm. it's, it's more cryptid-like. It's like there goes a Bigfoot. There goes a Baba Yaga. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's, it could have, mm-hmm. um, there can be many of them. I like that idea. I, I enjoy it too. It's more of like, as we'll go into in this episode, there's just so many different stories of her and so many different interactions that you can have with the woman that it, it leads more, I guess, credence to the idea that there would be multiple rather than just this one singular one that everybody interacts with on just wildly different occasions and she uh, reacts to different 
to people completely differently. So maybe even the idea that like the mantle of Baba Yaga is passed from, you know, cankerous old woman to cankerous old woman. And it's, it's your mantle to bear for so many years until a new one is put upon the throne. The origins of Baba are kind of unclear as the figure is sort of just represented as always being there. However, there is one outlier in a uh, tale by Vasily Leveshin in his book from 1780 called Ruski Skazki or Russian Fairy Tales. It is said that the devil, in an attempt to concord the most perfect essence of evil, cooked 12 nasty women together in a cauldron. To capture the essence, he gathered the steam in his mouth and then spat back into the cauldron. Out of that mixture came Baba Yaga, known as the most perfect evil. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? She she is the devil's spit. <laughs> I, I what's, What I find interesting is all the different origins and... Mm-hmm. Although that I think that idea is cool, I think I just can't abide by one specific origin. I like I like she's just always yeah. been, you know. It's like like the the Big Bang, yeah, just a like primordial yeah. entity, really. Not 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 human. Yeah. She's something older. But I do like the idea of you know it's pretty metal. The <laughs> devil spit her out, and <laughs> she rises from a cauldron. You know, heavy metal bands. There's a material for a song. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. That'd be yep. a hell of a cover, too, <laughs> of, like, some Swedish death metal band. The devil spitting into a cauldron and Baba Yaga coming out of it. Get on it. And it would be, like, of course, drawn in, like, the 1980s style that all <laughs> those are. Going on from that, so Levshin also included probably the most badass description of Baba Yaga as well. In his book, he included the tale of the noble Zelashanin, a knight in the service of Prince Vladimir. So Baba Yaga is depicted as a very dark and thin woman, seven arshins high. And I had to look into it because an arshin has a ratio of, uh, so one arshin is 28 inches. So based on my fuzzy math, if it checks out, that would make her 16 feet tall. And then she has teeth that are one and a half arshins long, which would be three and a half feet long teeth, sticking out on both sides like a wild boar and her hands adorned with bear claws. This representation of it from the uh, a knight in the service of Prince Vladimir would, you know, depict her as this troll-like entity more, I would say, on the side of, like, the animalistic nature, you know, freaking bear hands. Yeah, that is, that is pretty wild. There's so many different variations of what she would look like. A 16-foot-tall old woman with three-feet-long teeth coming at you. Uh, you're I'm going to start gonna using those kinds of measurements. You know, one, one arson. Yeah, an arson. <laughs> I'm going to bring back the old uh, cubit. <laughs> Did you see the newest Blair Witch movie? The one that came out at this point, I think maybe four years ago or so? No, I haven't watched any since the first one. No, it's not much of a spoiler or anything, but the entity that they show in that is, uh, if I remember correctly, like also about... <laughs> 15 feet tall. Uh, so maybe a little bit of a uh, pulling from Baba Yaga lore there. I don't know. Interesting. Overall, though, a lot of the information that I just talked about there, it comes from the book Baba Yaga, the Ambiguous Mother and Witch of the Russian Folktale by Andreas Johns. So a very cool book. If you want, if you're interested in, in this uh, old babushka, certainly take a look at those books. They got a lot of information that don't even have time to cover. There aren't really any theories, I guess, this time around. 
but do you have anything else to add before we get into where the Baba Yaga has gone, yeah, Andrew? I, I, I would mention this in the, what is it, the uh, pop culture section, but I don't think it's made that big of an impact in pop culture, this particular thing. But by pure coincidence, I watched a YouTube video uh, recently that was talking about this, essentially shitting on this film called Goat Story that's up on <laughs> Goat Story. It's, it's Goat pure, Story. Uh, it's 3D anim- CGI film. Uh, Polish film, so it's all done, you know, overseas or whatever. And they made a sequel called Goat Story Two. And in that, in 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 the film, <laughs> you you gotta watch. It. It's a pretty wild movie, but all all in, in its own. But Goat Story Two, there's a section where they the the people go visit uh, some old lady in the woods, and they steal her water of life potion. And then I and then as I was researching mm-hmm. the Baba Yaga, I learned that she she holds the water of life potion. So I'm like, oh my god, was that supposed to be yep, her? She is the protector. And yep. I totally it was pure <laughs> coincidence. I was like, holy crap, they had the they had her in there in this movie, but she was nice in this one. <laughs> I was looking at I think it was like the Britannica Encyclopedia's website, and they have a Baba Yaga entry, and it mentioned that you know she's the guardian of the elixir of life. And I was like, and it had a blue hyperlink. So I was like, I'll click into it. Why not learn more about the elixir of life? And it it brought me to like a page about uh, spirit alcohols. I was like, what? Just get drunk. (laughs) It's like, she's the guardian of booze. Uh, What the hell's going on here? And then it, it, I didn't see anything about it after that. So I don't know. The the vodka queen, Baba Yaga, (laughs) over there in Russia. Since her inception, Baba Yaga has appeared in thousands of different folktales. Of the entities so far that we have looked at, she is by far the most prolific in accounts of her actions. In her ambiguous nature, she is represented as an entity that may help you in the form of advice or a material item, as long as you agree to some sort of deal or task to perform for her. She can be a villainous antagonist that is out to eat your children or an otherworldly entity simply there to be a a warning. So over the millennia, the figure has transitioned from a oral to written to now, you know, appearing more frequently in movies. So probably come up in the pop culture section, but a lot of uh, script writers like to throw in the Baba Yagas for <laughs> a little a little entity to give a, a story yep. some extra oomph. So the next time you find yourself lost out there in the woods and come upon a cabin with a grotesque old woman willing to help you, be careful. It may just be the Baba Yaga. So, Angel, I suppose the moral of this story is to be deathly afraid of old, ugly woman. In the woods. She might be oh, coming no. into the streets. I don't know. Is there any way to identify her? <laughs> is she uh, 12 arshins high? <laughs> her nose must touch the roof or something? Specifically in relation to that, so supposedly in the in the lore of Baba Yaga, she sleeps on her stovetop, and her nose touches the ceiling because <laughs> it's so long. But I never, I never got like an explanation of the sleeping on the stovetop, so I didn't really go over it because it seemed quite odd. But she does it. She made that old bones doesn't like a mattress. She needs that metal surface. Maybe she keeps it on and stays warm. <laughs> yeah, in those cold. <laughs> Eastern European yeah. nights, you know, sometimes you just gotta uh, sleep on top of a stove. <laughs> Let's jump right on into it. The rubric of power. Let's give the Baba Yaga a run for her money, maybe, or maybe she'll give the Hodag 
run for his money and you know <laughs> take his crown and we'll have a queen of the cryptids rather than yep, king yep. hodag because apparently all hodag <laughs> hodags are male so <laughs> i always look to you to say the powers first so i'm i'm gonna take the spotlight i don't even know where to begin with this one because she is often looked at as in the stories of her as a last resort and just being a a wealth of knowledge and power so she seemingly knows all there is to know and has a dominion over all things otherly she's depicted as an entity with control over the animal world and more so even just nature in general there seems to be some sort of necromantic powers that she's often depicted as being able to bring people back from the dead and she's also seemingly immortal always you know upon the precipice of death due to her age but she's just always a few steps ahead of it another thing she's you know sometimes depicted as being the companion of capital d death uh, and follows in his path in order to devour souls so there's that too the list goes on and on and on but at this point i'm already out of four for powers <laughs> so i don't even have a, a reason to keep looking uh, she's just that powerful she she follows death and eats souls i mean is there anything more badass than that? Uh, I say no. <laughs> um, I feel like we're going to be saying a lot of the same stuff because I I agree with you. I mm-hmm. In my notes, I have, I've written similar stuff. I wrote, if she's depicted as an ordinary witch, she's still a powerful witch. She can change people into anything she wants. She has been known, as you mentioned, the nature stuff. She's actually uh, treated as maybe sort of the goddess of nature. And because of the death mm-hmm. thing, she's also been seen as the goddess of death herself. She's been yep. depicted as neither good nor evil. She's been depicted as purely evil. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. <laughs> oh, it's basically whatever you want this woman yeah. to be, she is it. She is the dream woman. And, and you know what apparently, I'm she's been. A, she's also a. It, I read somewhere that she was kind of a semi-ironic icon for uh, feminism. Because there's this woman that lives alone Mm. in the woods by herself, and she does whatever the hell she wants, and nobody's there to stop her. She and she doesn't abide by anyone's rules, or you know, doesn't follow any particular god or any, you know, rules. What is it, devil or god? It says here. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I saw that a lot in like the representation of like the historians trying to you know explain her purpose as being yeah very like strong feminist entity in that she is an outlier of society men uh, traditionally also like say in russian culture very male dominated culture to have a entity that is so strong that you know people are always going to look to for answers or for knowledge or to make some sort of deal to give that power to this woman uh, a lot of like folklorists believe that that's a indication that it was you know entity of reverence really just because it had so much power in in their culture yeah i mean it's it's interesting because you know they it's at the same time you know she's supposed to eat children and and be cannibalistic but also you know she protects the forest and and animals that venerate her people you Mm -hmm. know they're told to be weary of her but you still seek her out for her wisdom, so you, you rather risk your life and take those chances because, you know, there's no other way kind of thing. I gave her a one. <laughs> no, 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 oh, no. no. I, <laughs> that'd be silly. <laughs> no, she, <laughs> she got a straight four. I mean, there's no other way around it. She is Omega power level cryptid here. 
or yeah. literature entity. How about detectability? Where are you sitting on that? I'm interested to see this because I think we might part ways here. I think I, I give her a two. Uh, adequate. I think, yeah, I think oh, okay. she flies in her mortar and mm-hmm. uses her broom to wipe away any tracks. But that's not to keep people from finding her. That's just to keep people from tracking her down. But people still seek her out yeah. for advice and you know, somehow they find people that will know the directions to do this. They'll, they'll tell you the instructions. Oh, you uh-huh. got to do this, this, and this. And they usually find her. In fact, I'm assuming she wants to be found because she needs to feed on young children. <laughs> so she has to eat at some point. Yeah. I, uh, I looked at it the same exact way that she's on her uh, flying around in a mortar and pestle and, you know, using a broomstick to uh, sweep away her tracks. So at that point, she's unfreaking trackable. She, she's thinking in advance, you cannot track me. But on the flip side, just like you said, it's, you know, it's so common that like even children go out and find her out in the woods. Like they beeline it. They know exactly where to go on the edge of the forest to find her. And it's in the stories, it's just seemingly common that there's always one person that knows exactly where to direct someone to get to her. If children are often finding her with little to no trouble and her existence is common knowledge, I soured on Baba here. I, I don't think I've given anyone this low of a number. I gave her a 0. 0.5. <laughs> I mean, little Natasha is walking out into the woods and finds her and then makes a deal with her. I mean, come on, Baba. Why why even uh, why even cover your tracks at that point? Everyone There's knows There's an off chance are. that she'll make a deal or she'll just be like, no, nah, I'm just going to eat you. <laughs> yep. Just unhinges her jaw in 2001 horror trope fashion. And, 2001 and to present. <laughs> yes, yeah, that trope is not going away. <laughs> if the movie costs anywhere from 15 to $40 million and it's a horror movie with a uh, semi-popular, maybe like B-list celebrity, there is a 80% chance that monster's jaw is going to unhinge at some point and then scuttle across the ground and attack That's the, a good rubric the main for measuring the quality of a film. It gets a 0.5. <laughs> no, it gets a zero in my book. If there's unhinging of jaws... But that's for other podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> How about then Lauren Mystique? Where were you for for that? I think I think we might be breaking the glass ceiling here if, <laughs> if you're on the same page as me. Yeah, um it's it's as we mentioned before, you know, she's got a badass house with chicken legs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she travels in a mortar and pestle, she uses her broom. She doesn't use her broom like a traditional witch does. She uses it to just sweep away her tracks she's not using it to fly she's flying in a mortar and pestle guys come on (laughs) she's above the broom she has her own (laughs) modes of transportation and the 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 weird thing too about the mortar and pestle it's like not really flying she's sort of hovering so yeah like because she has to be close enough to the ground to sweep away her tracks so like at that point she's just like on like She's a hover just round. showing off, I <laughs> just <think>. like going, <laughs> uh, hovering around the uh, the forest ground. She's got these very descriptive features uh, for the way she looks. She eats children, possibly sometimes young women. She's known for having children, and they're, I think they tend to be just uh, girls. I found this interesting. One of the stories is actually about how she likes to count spoons. Like, if she she's comes across spoons, yes. she just has mm-hmm. to stop and count them. 
Uh-huh. Kind of, kind of uh, reminiscent of a demon counting. Uh, what was it? Grains or something? Devils counting bean, <laughs> bean, beans, right? Yes. Yeah. So something. Yeah. So there's this idea that if you ever come in contact with a devil, that if you have a you know little bag of beans, just scatter it onto the ground because the devil will have to stop exactly what it's doing, and you know like OCD count every single one of the beans, and then you can make your escape, and. Yeah. For any of you movie aficionados out there, it gives you a, a chance to sneak past the devil and get into the gates of hell. If you know what reference that movie is, good for you, because I doubt many people do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's close to my heart, that film. Uh-huh. <laughs> it also has a man carrying a bell and a bag into hell. So <laughs> he has friggin' hell's bells going into hell, going to slay some devils, so... Yeah. What else? Oh, yeah. So she she counts spoons. She's got daughters. Sometimes she has 40 daughters. Sometimes she just has three, depending on the story you're reading. D- um, dang, 40 daughters? <laughs> yeah. Or as they, they put it, maidens. But mm. I wonder who is uh, fathering those children. That is actually brought up, and it's, like, it's, it's never explained. She just happens to have daughters. Nobody knows who the father is ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's, some sort I'm, of, I'm, I'm pretty uh, sure she's she's just reproducing asexually. Asexual, yep. Or some <laughs> sort of like pact with the devil. Uh, she is the devil. Likely. Yeah, she's the devil's spit. So at that point, the devil is uh, reproducing with his own spit. Yeah. <laughs> she she's known to breeding to breed mares that are super fast for mm-hmm. some reason. Um, she can then use she a... like never uses them too because she's got her <laughs> flying mortar and pestle. So she, she just yeah, she just does this to show off, I guess. She can use a swan goose as a magical weapon. <laughs> she shows off her husbandry skills for animals. <laughs> it's like I've, this is this is my hobby. I like to raise super fast horses. Honestly, like I said, I think I like the idea that that she's not just one person. She's several mm-hmm. beings. So I just think it's um, whether it's uh, passing on the torch. Or whether it's just a bunch of them, I, mm-hmm. I think it's great. I think I like that idea. To add on to the to the mystique and lore, we have a more modern take where we have an author that Taisia Kitaiskaya. Who oh yeah, the, yeah. This, who wrote this? <laughs> who wrote this book called um, Ask Baba Yaga? And what apparently what she did was she she communed with the Baba and asked her, and in this like spirit spirit writing session would just write out whatever came to her and that was her uh the baba uh, you know uh, entering her and kind of controlling her so this one i uh, caught my eye it's one of the this is the question is how can i give fewer f's i'm censoring myself here it does not say f's it's the other <laughs> word so the question is dear baba yaga i find myself in a relationship that is generally socially unacceptable. A whole community of people actively frowns upon the idea of us being together. How can I learn to give fewer Fs about what these people think? Now, before I give the the, the Baba's answer, I just think, what can possibly be a socially unacceptable relationship that nobody appreciates but this person? And all I can think of is bad things. It's not like, good. It's not yeah, a good thing. That, yeah, that, by by definition, that is a bad relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna chant. I will channel the Baba Yaga as well to get produce this answer. So her response is, "I 
give you this cauldron. Open it, and out of it comes a laugh. An enormous laugh with the power of wind. It winds around you, and the humans who frown, it wraps around your love. It is so loud and thick that you must close your eyes and ears. It lasts for a day and a night. When it is done and gone, you look around again. What do you see? The land has been blasted by it. It has changed everything, and no one remembers what happened before it stormed the village. And that's the answer. Your eyes rolled back into your head. You were possessed. <laughs> A man I don't, possessed. I don't remember what just happened. <laughs> so, did Baba condone the relationship? I honestly have no idea. <laughs> I have read that response several times, and I still don't understand what it's trying to say. <laughs> you know, she's just saying, I don't want to commit to saying this is an okay relationship because I don't know what the hell it is. So I'm going to dance around <laughs> the subject. She went very, uh, like, politician-esque uh, there. Oh, and diplomatic. Like, gives an answer without giving an answer. <laughs> but, yeah, expect more of that if you uh, check out this book, Ask Baba Yaga. <laughs> and maybe you, too, will be possessed by a Baba spirit. <laughs> so, with all that being said, there's so, there's so much. There's another book I found that just happens to have, like, it's called the Wild uh, Baba Yaga, the Wild Witch of the East in Russian Fairy Tales. And it just has, it's not all of them, but it lists like a, it just has all the, a uh, few of the fairy tales. It's the whole book is full of fairy tales of this. So it's just enough to me to tell you how much uh, rich detail and information is on this particular creature. And I didn't go through the whole book because there's just so much to go through. Yeah, it's hundreds of pages long. Yeah, and 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 each and each telling shows a different side of the Baba Yaga, whether it's the evil side or the more motherly nature side or whatever uh, it is that we've mentioned. So this 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 uh, mystique and lore automatically gets a four as for me. I am on the same exact page here. So, you know, the stories go back so far that there, <laughs> there is no written history to track down how far they go back. Some scholars argue that the existence of her uh, is rooted to, you know, pre-Christianity times as some sort of uh, maybe low-tier demon-like entity. And, you know, to just reiterate everything that you said would uh, just be a waste of time. So uh, I gave her four. <laughs> There's just so much about her out there. Uh, there, you could do an entire uh, podcast series just on this one entity and get like 80 episodes out of it. <laughs> yeah. So how about intelligence? Because a little birdie told me from previous episodes that if it's human, it's an automatic four. So I'm interested to see, do you consider the Baba Yaga human? And did she get a four? <laughs> I don't think the Baba Yaga is human. Oh, but okay. uh, this is difficult because... Everything about her is attributed human qualities. Um, she thinks for herself. She does her own thing. She's she's her own free thinking being essentially. So she is yeah pretty much like a human, and she's more than a human in the sense that she's got all these powers. She could do all these crazy things. I've been debating this entire episode whether to keep the score I have of hers or change it. Because mm -hmm. I've been going back and forth between either a 4 or a 3.5, and I can't justify anything. 
right now. <laughs> so it's in the moment, a 3.5 or a 4. Let's see. So she likes to just be by herself. It's my understanding that she never goes out to hunt for children. They come to her. Is she Yeah. Is she luring them in somehow? Otherwise, if she's not, if she's just hanging out, I think it's it's going to be like a 3.5 just because she has all this cunning and planning, but she's not putting it to use. But if she's like planning this and making these children come to her, then it's automatically a four. Yeah, is she like guiding the hand of destiny and making these children come to her? Yeah. Somehow like, uh, you know, interacting with their lives, then having a domino effect to then uh, come to her for whatever reason, like the invisible hand guiding them. Or is she just lucky and there's a bunch of stupid kids walking in the woods and they come upon <laughs> her chicken leg house and you know she eats them yeah well the way i, I want to think about it is that because she's older older than humanity and she's been attributed god status in certain cases i don't think anything she would leave anything up to chance so i'm gonna mm. have to give her a four dang oh my god baba yaga <laughs> you darn babushka you're running away with the score here <laughs> so as far as intelligence on the way that I looked at it, I, I think it's a bit of a, uh, I found myself in a conundrum here. The way I looked at it, Baba Yaga is supposedly a wealth of knowledge. She just knows everything there is to know. People seek out her advice, you know, coming to some sort of deal to get the knowledge from her. But on the flip side of that, there are many, many, many stories of her just routinely being tricked or foiled by children at her own game. A few backstories on this one. So one story that I read had a girl that was, uh, I think her stepmother kicked her out of the house and she had to go to the Baba Yaga, I think for fire, to procure fire for uh, to bring back home or else the stepmother wasn't gonna let her back into the home. So she goes to the Baba Yaga, you know, makes a beeline for her, knows exactly where she is based off someone giving her brief description of it she gets into the house baba yaga's all Ooh, i'll help you but you got to do these t certain tasks for me and she sends her on a bunch of chores but in the time and being that inside the house she gets help from various entities so she like gives a few breadcrumbs to a mouse and then the mouse helps her do something to trick the baba yaga and then uh, she just happens to have a few slices of ham that her stepmother had given her and she takes them out of her pocket and she gives it to a cat and then the cat helps her trick the Baba Yaga and then she's able to escape with the cat's help and she goes out into the forest she's running around the forest and she asks a tree for help and the tree helps her uh, the reason being that all these entities are helping her is that Baba treated all those things that helped the girl so poorly that like even the cat says to Baba, she's like, why the hell did you help the girl escape? <laughs> and the cat's like, you're a jerk to me. That's why. And like, you have never done anything good. This girl just meets me in a moment and she's giving me ham. You have never fed me <laughs> in your life. So um, all about the ham. Ham. Yep. Cats love ham. You just, they can't <laughs> get enough of it. The girl with the help of small animals and a tree is able to outwit Baba. There's another story of a boy, Baba is going to cook him. And the boy, Baba says, you know, get get on my pan and I'm going to put you in the oven. And the boy is like, well, 
I have never done this before, Baba. I don't know how to get on a pan and get into the oven. Can you show me? And Baba's like, okay, I'll show you. She gets on the pan and the kid's like, whoop, and pushes Baba Yaga into the <laughs> oven and then closes the oven and she presumably gets burned alive. So the boy tricked her into saying, I don't know how to do this. Can you show me how to get onto the baking pan? And she freaking does it without like <laughs> second thinking. Uh, based on those two interactions alone with her and small children, um, it, it it hurt her intelligence for me. I am happy to give her a 2.25. Whoa. Mm -hmm. You were telling that story. Reminds me of uh, that film, Jack Frost. <laughs> yes. Um, Jack Frost, a uh, Russian film, I believe it was. <laughs> Uh, an episode out there of, if you love seeing crappy movies be made fun of on Mystery Science Theater 3000, a hilarious scathing that they give that movie where Ivan, the lumbering fool uh, <laughs> hero, has to go out and, and do some good deeds and hilarity ensues. But uh, Ivan also tricks her into getting to the oven by saying, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> and she's like, I'll show you how. And like he throws her in the oven. Come on, Baba. You're smarter than that. <laughs> what I find interesting is that, so, you know, what you bring up is that he, she gets thrown in the oven and presumably dies. But mm -hmm. then there's another story of the Baba Yaga, right? Like, all of a sudden she's alive mm -hmm. again. And I'm thinking maybe this is like her, you know, other, her God nature, where it's like maybe she was sent here to test humans and they will pass tests or not. So, some mm -hmm. of those tests might involve her death, but it doesn't matter because she's still going to come back. Yeah, so she doesn't particularly care what happens to her. She is an entity there strictly to, you know, be a, uh, a moral compass or yeah. of, of others or to, you know, be a Herculean task for a small child to, to get past, uh, <laughs> yeah. to prove to themselves that they, uh, you know, can do whatever they have. Exactly. A good way to look at it. Uh, you just cracked all of... <laughs> Bob Yaga literature there. <laughs> How about then impact on pop culture? I am very interested in this one. This one's usually my favorite uh, segment for the cryptids because it's like we've heard of them, but what actual impact have they had once you actually start looking into it? So where were you sitting for that? The pop culture influence is it's again, it's th this the, the, the Baba Yaga has so many things going on to it. Just the Wikipedia reference alone lists a lot of things like she's been in comic books she's been in mentioned in john wick the film she's in yeah in specifically john wick's nickname is the baba yaga that the russians uh give him which a weird nickname to give to you know john wick i think in the subtitles it says like boogeyman yeah but it's uh come on he's not some babushka it's freaking <laughs> keanu reeves <laughs> yeah um she's been in in maybe not in video games but uh, like it says here, it, the rise of tomb, the Tomb Raider. There's a DLC oh, yeah. dedicated to the Baba Yaga. The Witcher Three Wild Hunt features three crones inspired by the Baba Yaga. In Ant Man and the Wasp, there's a car uh, the ghost that can face through walls. Apparently, this is somehow something that Baba Yaga can do. You know, I saw that and I was trying to remember back to that film and I was like, I don't remember that ever being referenced at all. It felt like a reach and <laughs> I, I left that one out on my side. I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't remember that ever happening. I just, I'm not feeling this one. <laughs> uh -huh. 
But um, I mean, there's so, some a lot of things. I mean, I can't vouch for all of these things listed. There's at least two films. There's one uh, a '70s film called Baba Yaga, which is about some. It's a horror film about a woman that I think she, I don't remember. I forgot the summary. It seemed very sexual and yeah, it was it was like seduction, like some sort of sexual kind of liberation yeah. movies of some sorts. And then there's another one from 2016, which seemed a little bit more modern horror type mm-hmm. but it's there's so much out there i didn't even I think, bo- I think there's one coming out this year there's one scheduled it's a russian uh movie uh titled baba yaga that has a 2020 release oh look at that mm-hmm. i know she, she she's in hellboy yep um i think it's such a widespread character that people just can reference it and not actually like have that character be in there just as a reference like oh you know kind of like how you said like the uh, uh john wick just referred to him as a boogeyman mm-hmm. but call him baba yaga or whatever it i feel like it's it's become one of those uh words in pop culture that you would say not necessarily mm-hmm. have to experience it all the time or know the yeah. history yeah i think so you can I, say the name and it gives a certain like image that yeah. you don't have to expand upon too much it's already already in people's mind yeah I gave that a, I gave it a three because okay. it yeah it's 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 it, it's there, but it's not overwhelmingly like oh you know Baba Yaga's everywhere kind of thing. Oftentimes she's not you know the main character of yeah. those uh, mediums. It's she's like a side character or something like that. So the, I looked into or saw a lot of the same things. Ton uh, a lot of novels that she's in. Orson Scott Card's Enchantment Book. Uh, Michael Buckley's Sisters Grimm. I haven't heard of it or read it, but she's mentioned in there. And I thought this was really interesting, too. Uh, if you are a fan of Warhammer 40K, there is a book by Dan Abnett, the novel uh, Ravner Rogue. The Baba Yaga is mentioned in that as I think it, the way that it was described was there is a space marine that uh, mentions the Baba Yaga and like they get into this argument and the guy's like, oh, no, this is some uh, folklore creature from Earth from thousands of years ago so why he went into the depth to have baba yaga into that story i don't know quite yet i haven't read the novel it's interesting as far as the comic book side of it the the comic fables she's mentioned in that and uh, featured again like you said hellboy i think she, hellboy has a whole arc baba yaga and on the movie side of it the most recent hellboy the only good thing that came from that movie was the baba yaga scene <laughs> where he goes into the chicken house and uh, it is a really cool scene as far as the way that they depict her. Quite a, um, I think, deviation from normal depictions of Baba Yaga. But uh, she does the creepy scuttle, a little bit of contortion walking. <laughs> so I got to throw that in there. I think specifically Hellboy at one point in time shot her eye out. So she's got a bit of a grudge against Hellboy. And then he goes on to make a deal that uh, I think that he would like give his life or something. And then Hellboy's like, I'm not ready yet, so screw you, Baba. Come and get me later on. And he's yeah, living he's his like, own life. He's like, I'll give you my life, just not now. <laughs> <laughs> I never said when. Uh, in, in Hellboy quipping nature. Other movies, uh, we mentioned the Jack Frost one for Mystery Science Theater 3000. Another movie, Don't Knock Twice, horror movie. Uh, I think Katie Sackhoff is in that one from Bowser Galactic uh, fame. The characters deal with the Baba Yaga pursuing them. Another short film, which you and I, Angel, watched. I th- I was intrigued by it. It was a really cool concept. It's called Whistler's Mother. 
the idea, the premise of it is that it imagines that James Whistler had to outsmart the Baba Yaga who had possessed his mother. So the idea being that his brother had died and the mother went to the Baba Yaga for, uh, for help. And then Baba Yaga brought the kid back to life and something happens where the, the, the child dies again and the mother like freaks out, goes to confront the Baba Yaga and ends up getting possessed by Baba. James Whistler, on the other hand, outsmarts Baba. So once again, she's outsmarted in that he ends up painting his mother in the famous Whistler's mother painting, also known as more of the true name, Arrangement in Gray and Black Number 1. But he like finishes the, the final touches of the painting with the blood of the witch to then put her soul in the painting, which I think should have been a great prequel to the Mr. Bean movie <laughs> when he screws up Whistler's mother that he became possessed by Baba Yaga. I want to see Rowan Atkinson, you know, as Mr. Bean possessed <laughs> by Baba Yaga. That would be a great movie. Beyond that, have you ever heard of Monsters in My Pocket, Angel? Not lately. So they were a toy line back in like the early 1990s, I believe. They were a just these like rubber monsters and they had a huge line of, of like named monsters that they released. And they're just probably about an inch tall, inch and a half tall. And in the first series, there is a Baba Yaga monster in my pocket. She is green in color. They came so popular. There's actually a original Nintendo NES game, Monsters in My Pocket. I remember renting this game and playing through it. (laughs) I've never heard of this. I think you can play either as Dracula or Frankenstein's monster. But yeah, look into Monsters in My Pocket. I was super into them. I remember (laughs) playing with them. Now I want one. They could have been the original... Like how a ton of toys now are like the blind boxes. You knew what you were buying when the monsters in my pocket, but they are the perfect sort of scenario for a blind box of which monster am I going to get? I don't know what I'm buying, but I'm going to pay $4.99 for it. And <laughs> oh, I got Baba Yaga. Yay. <laughs> so check them out. You can get a bunch on eBay. Some as low as uh, like 99 cents. Some of them as much as $80. So oh. monsters in my pocket, big bucks. I, I, I'm aware of uh, like, there's these uh, pocket things that were f- popular, not specifically monsters in my pocket. I don't remember mm-hmm. any of that, but like for girls, there was Polly Pocket, mm-hmm. where it was like a little compact thing, and you open it up, and it's a little doll, and you can move her around. So it's for the guys, they had like Mighty Max. Yep, I remember <laughs> Mighty Max, yeah. <laughs> and the cartoon that spawned from it, I'm yep, sure. Yep, I had I had that little Mighty Max thing. <laughs> Other things that I saw in D&D from uh, Hasbro Wizards of the Coast and the Curse of Strahd module. She is in it, but represented as the character Baba Lasaga. And she has three daughters specifically in that. Um, And then when you encounter her, she's out traveling about Strahd's dominion in her uh, chicken hut. So you have an encounter. It gives you stats for the chicken hut to fight that. Gives you stats for Baba. She's kind of like mid-tier monster, so... She made her way into Dungeons and Dragons. That was, for the most part, what I found. So while having, uh, I would say, a good amount of representation, none of it is really like huge wave makers in American pop culture. Yeah. Sort of when this category was devised, the first thing I ever think of, like when comparing it to monsters, is like the the god tier level of pop culture reference would be like Bigfoot and a freaking monster truck. Like... (laughs) 
if yeah. a cryptid has a monster truck, you've made it to the big leagues. You're getting a four <laughs> in my book. So no Baba Yaga monster trucks in, in her future or past, I, I bet. Yes. One thing I, I, I did skip might pop the, the score up a little bit higher. Her beer game is unparalleled, I think. There so far has been uh, what I was able to, to find very quickly. Ethereal Brewing, Pretty Things Beer, Beer Republic Brewing. They all have Baba Yaga beers. They are all various uh, Russian Imperials. So they go all in on the Eastern European aspect of it as far as the representation of the ale. Again, I had, I've had i never even seen any of those for sale. I've never seen any of these <laughs> uh, <laughs> microbrews for sale. They're very, I think, regional. You just have to be lucky enough to be around a brewing company that produces them. So on top of all that, I give her a two adequate. Okay. She's, she's okay. She's not above average, I don't think, but forced to be reckoned with overall in this score, I think, very much so. I have mine totaled up to... A 12.75. How about how about you, Angel? <laughs> My total is 17. Holy. No way, is it? <laughs> yeah. My God. <laughs> she was three away for a perfect score for you? What were your scores again? 4, 2, 4, 4, 3. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Cunning and Intelligence. I forgot you gave her a 4 on that. Yep. Oh, my God. God, Baba Yaga. I think she possessed you when you did the score. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't even know if we have to put her into the into the algorithm. We already know where this is heading, but we'll <laughs> do it for uh, the sake of the rubric of power. And we'll let it compute here. And the score for Baba Yaga is a unparalleled 14 point eight seven five so oh we'll round that up God. to 14.88 and we have a baba yaga that is far and away crushing the scores of other cryptids what was the total 14.88 jesus well <laughs> yep that's it goodbye Modag. <laughs> so long you stupid piece of wood now we have baba yaga uh as the uh, reigning defending champion of our ranked entities and my gosh is anyone going to be able to dethrone baba it's a tough one it's a tough one but you know we can't we can't give up hope mm -hmm. i don't know what i'm hoping for because i i, was, I have no you have no you know, skin, in, skin the game. in the game <laughs> <laughs> Ever since the Skunk Ape got dethroned, I mean, there's been a less of a shimmer in your eye. <laughs> I'm slowly dying inside. <laughs> Not just the Baba Yaga possession. <laughs> so yeah, a, a great score for Baba. Any last words for this babushka before we wrap her old little head in a handkerchief and push her off to bed? Yeah, I just want to say she used me. <laughs> she abused me. I don't want any more pardon this anymore i i don't want to look at her anymore she's she's made a mockery of of this whole thing just so that she can get a higher score quite frankly i am done with her we may have to put an asterisk next to her uh score and uh, uh, next to her crowning achievement moment because there may have been some tomfoolery behind the scenes of baba yaga <laughs> influencing her own score we're, we're gonna have to start a, a full investigation <laughs> yep tomorrow morning I am I'm looking into it, alerting the authorities. As far as as far as Baba Yaga goes, a neat entity, very much more on the you know literature side of it, 
as far as uh, an entity, but still a, a unique presence in the, you know, representation of the supernatural. And just a, a, a cool entity, so many powers that's attributed to it, a lot of different things in pop culture. One thing I forgot to mention, if you are of uh, Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z fandom, Baba, the uh, Master Roshi's sister, very much a, a play on Baba Yaga in, in her representation there as a witch. So representations in anime, even. A cool entity. Never thought she'd have this high of a score, though, but <laughs> more power to her, I say. With that, thank you for joining us on another episode of Cracking Cryptids and Curios. On our next episode, we will be looking into the Wendigo, a mythological creature or possibly evil spirit from folklore, usually of First Nations, Native Americans. And we'll be taking a look into that entity and hopefully we'll come out with our skin still attached to our bodies uh, with that one. Beyond that, we have our season finale episode. These last two cryptids have a lot to work for to dethrone Baba Yaga now. Uh, We'll see what happens. Don't forget also to throw out a tweet to Jonathan Frakes. See what he has to say about Baba Yaga. See if he has had any sort of interactions in his lustrous uh, cinematic and theatrical uh, experiences to ever confront the Baba Yaga on stage or in uh, in front of a camera and we can get his unique take hopefully on Baba Yaga yeah make sure to tweet at Jonathan S. Frakes at Cracking Curious you can hashtag Crack Cryptids we appreciate all of our Twitter followers and we uh, we want more so please start following yeah. us spread the word and uh yeah we like interacting with you on there it's fun just to uh you know get your opinions on you know different cryptids that are coming up or about to release things like that and you know other things other things are posted about vin diesel releasing a song (laughs) and you know that's cool too yeah we have um you know if we get enough followers we we have uh stuff planned for you guys Mm -hmm. or i mean I'm, we haven't really officially said this, but I want to call our listeners our curiosities. I don't know if that's a thing. <laughs> You're making it a thing, damn it. <laughs> I'm making right, it a right thing. Right here so. and now, it is a thing. Curiosities. <laughs> I guess with all that being said, Baba Yaga, we out. This has been an I am actually traveling back into time production. This is my sad song. <laughs>